It's a godly perspective. Welcome to Godly Perspective, where equipped saints to work in godly relationships. My name is Mishu. My name is Rosa. My name is Rodolyn. And we're back with a new series. We're back. We are back. Yes. <laughs> so we, uh, we did a series on friendship. And um, now we're moving on to singlehood. Singlehood. And we have titled <laughs> this series, Celebratedly Single. Whoop, whoop. So today, we are going to pick uh, one category we believe that is part of the singlehood umbrella, and that is the singles in waiting. Oh, What's yes. That? What are singles in waiting? So singles in waiting are people who have, the, they may be single right now, but they have the desire to eventually marry, um, mm -hmm. but they are in a phase where they are waiting either because they have not yet found the person or God has asked them to wait, but they are not um, yet married. Right. That's us. Hey, actually, I mean, that's me. I will say that's me. I'm sure if you're listening, you can actually <laughs> we can actually identify with that. So yeah, so single, listen, uh, we know that being single is not easy, especially in our Christian community. Hmm. And uh, the church has a way to view singlehood. And we are going to be talking about that. It's a very interesting one because um, that's the season I'm in. So yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> so singlehood in the church. How do you guys think that the church treats singlehood? If you can go back and remember in your days. Hmm. All those years ago. <laughs> All those years ago. <laughs> think back, think back. Think back. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's been almost 10 years for me. Um, uh, Rodley, you want me to talk? <laughs> um... I'm trying to really think back, but... Rodalyn, like, for you, it has been, been ages. It's been decades. It's been decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, what comes to my mind is, like, there are these looks that you get. Like, oh, when you're really? <laughs> oh, look, when you're, when you're single oh. and mm -hmm. you are in the church, mm -hmm. it's like, it's two-sided. First of all, if you are, you're waiting, it's not time yet, and you are hanging around with, like, you have guy friends, you're kind of, the, mm -hmm. you, are, you mm -hmm. are that kind of lady who makes friends with guys a lot more easy, easily mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. when the aunties and the mamas and the fathers and the cousins who want to have a say in your life but you don't really know if they should have a say in your life when they mm -hmm. start seeing you it's like girl should you be hanging around with that boy oh, Do your yeah, I remember that. like oh, you yes. get those looks you get those looks. How and can I then forget that? <laughs> when you are like kinda in the you 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 think you're about ready and people mm -hmm. have push, pressured you enough and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna say hi to a few guys. The looks change to uh, yeah. go and talk to him more. Like, why did you end the conversation so soon? Like, go back, oh. go back, go back. <laughs> it was so annoying and so confusing. Pressure? Goodness me. Mm. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pressure is the right word, honestly. <laughs> mm. 
the pressure, it's unbelievable. Um, I find that in the church, singlehood is not celebrated. Um, if you're single, like nobody comes up to you and be like, hey, this is your time. Okay, maybe they do, but not that often. Like, this is your time to grow in this area, to do this and this. The first thing that most a lot of people will ask is, why are you still single? I get that a lot. So, um, like, everybody around me right now is married or about to get married. And I, the questions I get most of the time is, why are you single? What's wrong with you? Why are you still single? And people... Like, for me, it's like those people who don't even know what season you're in. Right. They, they don't know what's up, but mm -hmm. they feel they need to come up to you yes. and, and ask you that question. And you're just like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, auntie, I believe he's coming. You know, uncle, I believe he's coming. <laughs> I believe in God. <laughs> but then you walk away, you're like, what was that? Hmm. So I find that the pressure, um, if we're not careful, we make the wrong decisions. And right. I've seen on different occasions people who actually get in wrong relationships because of pressure or mm -hmm. get, they get into a relationship because, you know, they're being pressured. And, mm -hmm. and not even just the thing of, like, why are you still single? They go out of their way to find you somebody. Yeah. Right. Because the assumption is that you must be single because you can't find. So let me help you find. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, let me help you find a person. So they, and then you, like, I don't know. A lot of people can't really deal with that. When you don't know where you're going and mm -hmm. where you have been, you end up just, just like, okay, let me do this. Let me get into this relationship uh, just to please this person. Or maybe you're like, maybe they're right. Mm -hmm. Something is wrong with me. So yeah, the church, man, the church, they, we just don't have... Um, we don't have, how I would say, mm. a good view when it comes to singlehood. Yeah, it's interesting for me being on the other end of it, now being married. Like when I was single, I used to feel that way. Now that I'm married, mm -hmm. I understand why they put pressure. Because the fear is that if you get too comfortable in your singlehood, you eventually end up running into a bunch of problems, biological problems, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so the, it, sometimes it comes from a place of fear, I think. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think they, they want so desperately for our single brothers and sisters to make a decision. It's interesting because this came up in our conversation yesterday um, with my parents. I was asking why people are getting married later and later. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's... It's the thing of, obviously, people are done school. People want to finish school before they get married. Society has now changed. They want to get into their careers. Mm. Um, and obviously, women also tend to mature faster than guys. So sometimes it's the thing of the women actually waiting for the guys to grow up so that they can actually be marriage material. <laughs> Unfortunately, right? Because they're still boys. They're still mm -hmm. being, being children. But I think in the church... In the bottom of their hearts, in all sincerity, I think they want for marriage has a way of maturing the individual because 
when you are pushed into a circumstance, I don't want to say push, but when you're put into a circumstance where you have someone in your face, you know, challenging you all the time on your behaviors and the things that you do, it causes you to see life differently. And so I think those who are married, like Rodley, now that you're on the other side of it, I'm sure you can see why they do what they do. I don't know, you know, I know one of our things later will be talking about how we can do things differently. But um, I think the intentions are pure. The intentions are definitely pure. The intentions are, hey, get married so that you can grow, so that you can be mature, because God created you to be married. So don't waste your time. So it's pure. I just think that, you know, when you're in it, because uh, I remember when I was in it, you can't see that. You feel like it's an attack, and you feel like it's, it's inconsiderate. But I think deep down in the bottom, they're like, if you're a beautiful girl, you know, if you're, if you're a handsome guy, you know, it's probably your inability to hurry up and make a decision, right. you know. So at the end of the day, you know, I think when it comes to the church, some of the things that um, single people struggle with is having perspective. Having the perspective of the person who is approaching me is not asking me what's wrong with you in the sense of like, you are a horrible person and you are just being a Grinch and you don't want to share the love in your heart. But they're, they're generally asking like, is there something happening in your life that is preventing you from moving on to the next phase, which is marriage? It's funny because I was thinking about, um, I've been meditating about this a lot and I was thinking about how um, you know, in the Bible days, men used to marry at 13, 14, you know, because by that time they were ready. And how now men are marrying at 35, 36, 37 in their 40s and what that's actually doing to our generation and how that's impacting our health and all of these things. And sometimes I sit there and I wonder, I'm like, okay, God, like, what is your general scheme and intention for all of mankind? I feel like I'm digressing here. <laughs> but... <laughs> All that to say, when, it, when we think about singlehood in the church, as singles, I think we need to have perspective. And then as married people, when we're having conversation with single people, we also need to have that perspective as well, that you're not the first person to ask them what's happening in their lives. So it's, it can be quite daunting. Yeah, it can be. But for me, like, there is, I won't have an issue with somebody um, asking me those questions but then the way it's been asked, and then also for me, I'm like, you don't even mean, know me that well for you to be asking me those questions because you don't know what I'm going through in that moment. You don't know what I'm going through that season. Maybe uh, God has told me to wait because mm -hmm. he wants to work something on me. But then I'm in the season where I'm being obedient to God and you mm -hmm. come up to me, you're, you're actually really pressuring me or mm -hmm. asking me questions because you have no clue what's going on. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it can make you feel some way because you're like, okay, God, I thought I was being obedient to you waiting because mm -hmm. there's something you're working in me. But then I'm getting people who are my leaders, people that I trust, or people mm -hmm. that I fellowship with asking me all these questions. And you, you kind of get in a place where you, you are confused. Mm -hmm. And that, that's where for me, I'm like... 
I, I have an issue with that area. I'm like, I don't mm. know how we can do better mm. communicating with with uh, with single people, especially in our church or in the church mm. as a whole, without making them feel like something is wrong. Especially when you don't know. It's different if your mentor comes up to you, be like, hey, what's going on? Because mm-hmm. let's just. Your mentor is the person you have opened up to. They know you. They know what's going on. They know your season. They know all of that. That person have no issue with them at all because they know what's going on. The issue is those who don't know. They just see you once a week or twice a week in church. Mm-hmm. And they see you from afar. They know you from the surface. Mm-hmm. But then they come to you into your personal space or personal mm-hmm. feelings. I'm like, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, it can be intense for sure. I think also, like, people also are a little bit nosy. They want to know, are you in a relationship? Are you seeing somebody? Are you actually single? Because I have someone who's looking for someone, you know? (laughs) So I want to know the truth. Like, if you are interested in somebody, then I'll back off, right? I find the whole single thing very, very awkward. Roland, I don't know about you, but for me, it's very awkward, you know, because... People want to know what's happening and sometimes you're not ready to share. And then there are those who are always tiptoeing around in their, in their <laughs> singlehood. It's very, the whole thing is just weird it's, to me. Yeah. You, know. you know, honestly, like when I think about at least this whole singlehood and the church problem, like one of the, there are many, there are many main factors that um, account to why it's such a, sticky situation but one main thing is that if you really look at it the people that are so inquisitive are the older generation and yes. in their days things were quite different they were it was in different. their days exactly. things were yeah. more open you were mm-hmm. it was a lot more easier to approach mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. a girl and a lot easier for a girl to make it known that she was ready, right? Yes. Back home, yes. one of our traditions is this whole um, depot ceremony where the ladies who are of age... A girl. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they come mm-hmm. round and they let you know that, hey, that I'm, I'm ready for marriage, right? Yeah. 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 I've matured and I've, I'm ready. My parents have deemed it that I'm ready, so I'm on the market. Mm-hmm. I'm not on the market now, but I am... <laughs> I am on the dating stage now, I'm right? Eggy. If you're looking, yeah, <laughs> you guys, I'm here. please. <laughs> <laughs> but today, you don't really have that. Like, yeah, I think that? that's what makes it awkward. You're right, yeah. Orderland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Today, we don't, we don't, we, we don't, we don't really have that. And even with our young adults, I'm we were talking about this yesterday too. Yeah, where yeah. There's also the aspect of fear, right? Yeah. I yeah. am too scared to approach a girl and let her know that Mm. I am interested in you because I don't want to get rejected. And so if that's the case, I'm just going to prolong this situation as long as possible and maybe divinely something (laughs) might happen. (laughs) Oh my goodness. God will speak to me. God will speak to her. Yeah. Yeah. It's awkward. It's awkward. Very the single awkward. thing is just, it's just awkward. It's awkward for everybody. It's awkward for the married people. It's awkward for the single people. It's just, it's just awkward. <laughs> it's because it's very all, awkward. We, yeah, it's, oh, yeah. Like you said, Roland, I think it didn't used to be as awkward. It was definitely like a, hey, I'm single. I'm ready to mingle. But now it's like, we don't really know what's happening in your life. So I'll just ask you. Yeah. But then and if even, I ask you, it's weird. <laughs> and like, even when you look at it, like back in the day, even if you wouldn't approach a girl, your parents will will match you up. Oh yes, I've seen this oh, yeah. nice girl. Um, 
I want you to just have a conversation with her. I'm going to invite her over with her parents, and I'll talk to mom and dad, and you just go talk outside or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But today, our generation and the generation after that, we are quite opposed to parental interference yeah. in our lives, right? Right. And so even, yeah. even, even, like, God forbid, my mom comes and goes like, Hey, I want you to meet this guy. Mom, mm -hmm. you don't know my, my taste in guys. My taste in guys is not your taste in guys. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. I'm like, excuse you. You can't even go and go like, hi, my name is so-so-and-so. I've seen you around. Like, can we yeah. have a conversation? Yeah. You have, you, you have a free invitation and you're saying no. That's hmm. the problem. It's too many things. Too many things. Yeah, it's so weird. It's been so many years. I'm thinking back. I actually wished my parents would have hooked me up more, to be right. honest. <laughs> because they knew so, like, obviously I'm married now. But I'm just thinking when I was dating, it, it would have been, because they knew so many eligible bachelors. Right. But my parents were never the type because they were like, yeah, you know, you will find who you will find. And so then I was always forced to involve them in my love life. Like, hey, there's this guy. What do you think? You know? But thinking, looking back, like I kind of wish that they were more involved because they know people and they know them beyond the, you know, the what people present in church because they get mm -hmm. right, right. Anyway, singleness in the church, yeah. Wish you. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's weird for me. Um, I find that I can't have a male friend, like. I cannot be genuinely be have, have a male friend around me because I find that every male friend I've ever had, it doesn't matter what age they are, young, older than me, automatically, automatically mm -hmm. is assumed that this person, there's something going on. Hmm. And I always have to find myself, I'm like, no, this is my brother. This is mm -hmm. like, this is a good friend of mine. So I don't know. It's it's weird. As you guys said, it's weird being in it. Because hmm. for me, I'm like, I, I, I can't. Like every time I have to be, you know, be careful how I talk to somebody or even be careful. Even when I'm like, somebody's new in the church, I'm saying hi to them. It's like, okay. I literally say hi and move on with my life because that, I don't want bye. it to be hi and bye. I don't want it to be a thing of like, ooh, I saw you talking to that guy. This happens to me very often. Like, oh, oh I'm goodness. like, ah, uh -uh. So I can't say hi to somebody, or maybe the person would genuinely ask him for a question. So it's weird. Mm, Listen, yeah, in the church so is just so weird. But I'm wondering <sighs> how can we do better? Like, hmm. As a church, as young adults, the young adult generation in our church now, mm. or even as people, like as Christians, how can we do better in, in this area? Um, you know, the one thing um, I love about our church, Coffee Worship Center, is um, our leadership is quite informed. Mm -hmm. Our pastors know... They, they respect the difference between generations. And so if you realize, they're always reading to find out, okay, how do I reach this generation? How mm -hmm. do I bridge the gap between my generation and the next? And so I feel like one important thing that will have to happen is at least the older aunties and uncles and family mm -hmm. and friends who want to continue to stay involved in a positive way. I feel like the main thing is we need to realize that the 
generation that I grew up in and the time, the circumstances, the mm-hmm. social interactions have changed. Mm-hmm. We need to really recognize that. And we need to find out, okay, if this is the way we did things in my time, how are this generation doing things in their day to day? And mm-hmm. how can I insert myself in their lives and in their situations in a helpful way without them feeling that um, taking away their adulthood from them? Mm-hmm. I think this is so crucial because even if you realize the way our pastors might come around and go like, Mishu, I've seen this guy. It's not the same way that someone else will come and do it. Yeah. It makes you feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being included. I'm not just being shown like, I don't want to say this word, but this <laughs> word is in my mind. I'm not just being shown a piece of meat like, hey, go. <laughs> I am being told that I've seen that you're ready and I think that this person will influence your life and will be a great attachment to you, to your mm-hmm. destiny, to who you've called to be. So one of the main things for me will be we need to educate ourselves and not yes. just the older generation, but our generation also. We need to mm-hmm. also educate ourselves and realize that, like Rosa, you said, our elders don't mean to harm us. They don't mean to hurt us. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it is hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And mm-hmm. so you as the new dog, you have to learn. And you mm-hmm. have to be the one to, to bridge the gap and to mm-hmm. know that, okay, it may sound this way, but that's not the heart or the intent that is speaking to me right now. The heart mm-hmm. and the intent is looking out for my benefit. So one yeah. of the main things for me is education. We mm. need to educate ourselves. And the Bible does say my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. knowledge right? Yes. Knowledge is always, Rosa, you're in the education field. It's always evolving. It's always improving. It's always changing. It's always adapting. And the same goes mm. for us, even with the mm-hmm. word of God. When we study the word of God today, we may see it this way. We come back five years later to the same word, and it's completely different. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the main things would be education. We need to yes. educate ourselves. Yes, mm. I totally agree with you. Um, actually, I remember this conversation we had a while back, and I was venting to you guys how like I'm so annoyed and how things just people uh, view singlehood in the church. And I think it was Rosa who was like, you know what, you need to look at the other perspective. Maybe they don't mean harm. Maybe they don't mean bad. Um, and honestly, if you go back and think about it, it's more a thing of like they come to you, like they're praising you. They're like, hey, you, you're like a smart girl. Hey, um, you're beautiful. Hey, you are serving God. You love God. Why are you not married? Right, right. So I used actually, I used to be very offended. Like I would take it as an offense. But then just that perspective changed perspective the way. Perspective shift, yes. Yes, it changed the way on how I received that information. Mm. So it's like, it's not a thing of you actually coming after me mm. or trying to get into my business. Is that you're actually, you want better for me. You want good, something good for me that you have probably experienced that you mm. want me to experience. So yes, mm. perspective on both sides, perspective and also kind of educating yourself. Yeah, I think you guys have both said some really important things. I think it's important for um, uh, our older generation to recognize that um, the younger generation, the pressures that they are facing are not the same kind of pressures that they faced. Right. Um, And that in this part of the world, single people have a kind of liberty and freedom that many of them did not grow up with. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, You know, you listen to my parents talk um, about the things that, you know, they went through when they were growing up. 
it was very much a culture of like by 22 you are married mm-hmm. you know and 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 that's that and if you're not married then there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. so i think it, it 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 the older generation recognizing that this this young this young adult generation <laughs> marriage is not even on their radar so mm-hmm. first of all when you're approaching a young adult recognize that that might be a possibility that marriage mm-hmm. is not on their radar. Right. And so when you want to come and talk about something that is not on their radar, it needs to be, probably needs to come from somebody, like you said, Mishu, who is actually close to them, who mm-hmm. could actually have the conversation in confidence. And who, if you are feeling like you see a young person who you think might be a good match, the first step might be asking around, like, who are the mentors in this person's life? Who are the mm-hmm. spiritual persons and the people in this person's life that I can actually go and I would go talk to them instead? Um, just so that we can prevent um, a world of hurt and people diving into pressures that are not necessary. Um, Yeah, I think you guys have covered it all. It's good. A perspective on all sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So let's switch gears a little bit. Um, As a single woman in waiting, what are the things that we should be be doing? Hmm. Or the mindset that we should have. Yeah. There's a lot, right? There's a lot of things. Misha, I think you're going to touch on some things, so I don't want to um, touch on the things you're going to touch on. But um, one of the things that I would say mm-hmm. is be open. Mm-hmm. Be open to love. Be open to relationships. Be open to friendships. Be open. Nobody really wants to be in a relationship with a girl who is um, unrealistic about life and the life around her. I really believe that life is a gift that God gives us. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we're supposed to enjoy it and be joyful people and be people of gratitude. And Mm -hmm. I think that part and that is actually something that is a spirit that is caught. And um, I think that's actually one of the most attractive traits that a woman can have. Um, But I think gratitude and joy and all of those characteristics come from recognizing the life that you have and how amazing it is and taking that time to enjoy the relationships around you that you do have and Mm -hmm. building new ones. Like this is the season to do that, you know, and not be afraid to take risks. You know, um, I think that sometimes when we look at our lives, we would want to date one person and marry that one person. Mm-hmm. But that's not the reality. My mom and always tells this story about this guy that she was engaged to that she wanted to marry. She was mm-hmm. bent on marrying. She thought this was the guy for her. She thought God said yes. And the mm-hmm. guy ended up passing away. Mm-hmm. Love has risks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need to be willing to take those risks. And, and when things don't work out, I don't know how much to stress this. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You don't need to stop going to the church. You don't need to quit everything. You don't need to drop out of your volunteering positions. It's right. okay. Right. Life moves on. Right. You can date in a way that's safe that prevents your feelings from getting too deep, too hard, too fast. Mm -hmm. And if you do that and you do it in the company, in the presence of your friends and those who are in covering over you, Mm -hmm. it's okay. You're going to be okay. You know? So, um, yeah, I just want to share that, that I think a woman who has 
um, who knows how to enjoy the life that God has given her. It's a very attractive trait. So do that. Mm-hmm. Bitterness is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was I like that? Um, another thing, uh, as you said, being open is also you have to be open to receive um, counsel because most of the time is, okay, fine, I get into a relationship with a guy or I like a guy, but then the people who are mentoring you, the people who are your leaders, um, they're like, hey, maybe you should wait. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is not the right person. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I've noticed something that you need to work on. Or maybe mm-hmm. I don't have a good feeling about this. Let's just take time and pray more about it. Yeah. But then because our generation was so stubborn in a way and we want to do things our way, um, most of the time we, we lack that. We're like, oh, I made my decision. I'm not asking for your permission. I'm just yeah. informing you. Yeah. So we That's have to be a huge mistake. So we have to be really be open at receiving cancer because I always say that when you're involved into something emotionally, there's a lot of things you can see. Mm-hmm. But the people are not involved into, into that situation emotionally. They're open to see a lot of things mm-hmm. and they can actually speak into your life. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for me, I think, honestly, the first thing or the thing that you should be doing as a single woman in this season is get closer to God. Listen, your relationship with Jesus, this is the time to literally like get closer to God, cultivate that relationship. Uh, this is your time that you can decide to fast whenever you feel like fasting. The time you can decide to wake up anytime you want to pray. Like you have that freedom to, to actually do that. You have like a lot. Like, I guess, I, I call it freedom because when you're married, you kind of walk around the schedule of your family right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is your time to really get closer to God. And I find that in the season, this is where I've actually got closer to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, God reveals himself to me, to me. And also he reveals to me the areas that I need to work on on myself. Yeah, um, good. And then he, he kind of is like, okay, I, this, this is where I'm taking you, but I need you to work on this. Not even, sometimes he doesn't say it to you like in a voice. Like he puts you in a situation where mm. you're like, oh snap, I still need to work on this area, this mm. area here. Mm. I still do, I'm dealing with anger issues. I have not mm. forgiven, you know? And mm. God does not want you to get in a marriage, in a relationship where you are not flourishing and being what he created you to be. So he mm-hmm. wants the best from you. So this is right. the time for you to be growing and mm-hmm. And is that time also to get to know who you are as an individual. Uh, analyze yourself. Look at yourself. Look at your life. Look at the things that you have gone through, um, the traumas you have experienced, and how those traumas have shaped you, how those traumas have affected you. Look at your previous relationships. What did you take from those relationships, the good, the bad? You know, analyze those kind of things and also be like, what was my responsibility in all this? Mm. Where are the areas that went wrong? Mm-hmm. And uh, where do I need healing? Um, if you look at your own brokenness, okay, there are certain things you need deliverance for. There are certain things that, um, you need to be counseled for, like go, I should go see a counselor or go see your pastors for counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, there is certain areas in your life where you have to sit down and actually analyze your family line Mm -hmm. and be like, what is it that, what are the patterns in my family? Hmm. 
what are the things that I don't want I don't want to to continue in my family that I need to put a full, full stop on. Mm. So all the, this is the time to be doing all of that. And once you kind of like prepare, um, I feel like once you step into marriage, it will be a lot easier than just jumping right, into marriage yeah. and then have to trace back and be like, oh my goodness, uh, yeah, this runs in my family. Anger runs in my family for three generations. And I'm so angry. I don't, my marriage is about to fall apart. This is the time where you should be dealing with this type, type of things before you step into it. So, yeah, um, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add. You said so many good things. You know, the scripture that was actually coming into my mind was, um, you know, when Paul says that I've learned to abase and to abound, mm-hmm. that yeah. no matter where I'm at, basically what he's saying is no matter what circumstance I am, I'm in, I've learned to be completely content, mm-hmm. not just content, but like happy. Right. And so that's why I started out talking about joy, because I think that if you can cultivate joy in this season, no matter where God takes you, you will find a way to bring joy into your circumstance. A mm. lot of people that I meet, when they see singleness as a bad thing, but they don't recognize that actually it's a time for you to learn how to cultivate your spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. And it's a time for you to actually learn how to bring the Holy Spirit, who's the spirit of joy, into your everyday circumstance. Then mm-hmm. when you get married, that comes with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how much I can stress this, but one thing I've come to know is the women who learn to cultivate joy in their singlehood, when they get married, their home is a joyful place to be. It's mm-hmm. a peaceful place to be. It's a place where the Holy Spirit resides because marriage comes with its own challenges and if you didn't learn how to do that in your singlehood you're not gonna learn now it's Mm -hmm. gonna be an uphill battle for you to now learn with somebody else in your space so yeah i just wanted to say that um i think one of the main things that just keeps jumping out to me is um being able to serve if you want to get married it's Mm -hmm. very important that you know how to serve and that you have a a servant attitude and a servant heart. If you remember when um, Eve was presented to Adam, before she was presented to Adam, what the Lord said was, I'm going to create a help meet, a helper, mm-hmm. someone who knows how to serve. And I believe that when Adam saw Eve and he responded to her, I remember I was reading Chris Valentine's book once and he drew out a beautiful picture about how he believed that encounter and that interaction happened. And I remember the amount of excitement I could feel just reading those pages and it made that Bible passage come to life. And I believe that when Adam saw Eve and he was excited and he said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, I believe that what jumped out to him was not really her curves or how she looked or her beauty, but it was that inner quality, that beauty in her. And that Mm. beauty is actually the ability to serve and to serve with a glad heart with a grateful heart, with a a thankful heart. And I'm using weird things that we don't usually associate with serving and with Mm -hmm. serving others. If we remember, um, a lot of the women who stood alongside the great men of the Bible, like Moses and his wife, 
and Isaac and his wife, a lot of these great women were found serving. They were mm-hmm. found at the wells. They were found, oh God, thank you. They were found at the wells feeding the sheep. They were mm-hmm. not found in their home with their legs crossed at their father's house, ordering their servants about. They were outside. And mm-hmm. these, these women were daughters of rich fathers. If mm-hmm. you own a sheep, your, if you, your, your dad owns sheep, he's not a poor man. Back in the day, mm-hmm. he's wealthy. But mm-hmm. these women would take the sheep out with the shepherds and they would fetch water and feed the sheep and feed the flock. And this was where the men found them. And mm-hmm. we know that when we look at the Bible and we look at parables and about how Christ taught us to decode the scriptures, sheep are associated with the, with the church, with the flock of mm-hmm. Christ. And so if you are a Christian woman in the church and you are looking for a spouse and you are waiting to get married and you know you are called to get married, you need mm-hmm. to be serving the flock in your father's house. Boom. It's Preach. only when you are serving that you Preach. will be found. If Boom. you are not serving, no Mic one is drop. going to find you. So we need to have an attitude, a servant's attitude. Even Christ himself, before he he ascended the cross for our sake, he stooped low, tied a cloth round his waist, and stooped to wash the feet of people who were going to serve him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> we need to learn from that. We need to be able to serve. If you are not serving, go back and serve. <laughs> go to your go and find out which ministries are open and nothing mm-hmm. is demeaning if you have to show up early and sweep your church do it if you mm-hmm. have to wake up and arrange the church do it if all that you is available for you to do is what might be a manly job show up still what's important is serving show mm-hmm. up and they will find something mm-hmm. for a woman to do for a lady to do no man is going to watch a woman carry 50 stacks of church no best case scenario they will unstack them for you and just say please put this here and put this there Mm -hmm. so we and it's so this attitude is so oh god forgive me it's so filthy in our generation our women today this independent woman an independent woman also knows how to take off her house she knows Mm -hmm. how to sleep she knows how to put things in order so if you don't know that then you've not been serving because mm-hmm. serving teaches you a lot of things. So the one thing that keeps jumping out to me is being able to serve. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get married, if you are waiting, serve. And if you are serving and you are serving grumpy, the Bible says in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. God mm-hmm. does not want grumpy servants. He mm-hmm. wasn't grumpy when he went to the cross. <laughs> he wasn't grumpy when he healed the sick. He doesn't want grumpy servants. So he wasn't no. grumpy. Oh. You are so funny. You know why? It's funny because what I, I knew, like, it's late. It feels so late for me, so my brain is very slow. But I wanted to talk about Mary. And one of the things that God was always drawn to my attention about Mary was that we look at her and we're like, oh, this great woman who da 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 who carried the Messiah. But what it was that made God actually look at her and say, you, you are worthy to actually carry God within you, in your womb, in your seed, was that she had a servant's heart. Yes. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was actually ready and willing to do whatever it was that God was asking her to do. And even thinking about like some of the young adults that Ken and I lead, the ones that we are, Misha, that's what I was telling you. It's mm. a compliment. The ones that we are eager to be like, get married, are the ones who are serving. Because mm-hmm. we know that they're going to be successful in their marriages. If you mm-hmm. can serve God with a full heart, we know yeah. that you'll be able to flourish in marriage. So please, I echo what my sisters have said. Uh, serve. Get involved in your church and volunteer your time. You're not getting paid for it. It's unto the Lord. Yes. Uh, yeah. You're serving God. Oh, yeah. Um, also, oh, my goodness, this is so good. Well, before we wrap up, um, one thing that um, I have noticed lately or I've realized is that as in this season of singlehood, um, it's important to actually pick up the Bible and study the women in the Bible and try get to understand what God created a wife to be. Right. Because we have lost that throughout the years. We have lost that in our society. Society has portrayed this image, what a wife is, what a wife should do, blah, blah, blah. But then, unfortunately, we find a lot of Christians, we we feed off of society instead of feeding off the word of God. Mm. So getting deeper into the word of God and study the women in the Bible, read about them. What was it that was so special? Read the women who made impact. Mm. What is it that God intended to, to, for a wife to be? What, is it, what does it look like to, 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 look, to be a godly wife, mm. a godly mother? Um, we all go ahead and quote the Proverb 31 woman, but really sit, like study verse by verse. I know we can never be like her. It, mm-hmm. It's a standard, right? It's a standard for us to reach. But just study and look at what marriage is. Because I find that most of us, um, we, we probably don't have the best examples of what it is to be a wife. Uh, some of us have come from broken homes. Some people have come from, you know, uh, being born out of marriage. There's a lot of confusing things out there. But then if you really want to get married, your desire to be married. Also have the desire to be a godly wife as well. Mm. Oh, you just remind me something. Find a woman who is older than you and has been married for some time and actually go and visit her in her home and find out what it actually looks like practically to be a wife. Pair yourself up with a godly couple and let them mentor you and prepare you in that way. When you talked about roles, one thing that came to my mind, the Holy Spirit, I was talking to Rodlin about this. I think it was on 31st night. The Holy Spirit's been talking to me a lot about how the role of a wife is the role of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and how... um, in the Godhead Trinity, you, you know that the father is the head, mm-hmm. you know, just like in our marriages, the husband is the head of the home. Mm-hmm. But then the, what the Lord was speaking to me intimately about in my private time was that, you know, in the same way that the Holy Spirit um, does his role in, in being the glue of the church, being the fire of the church, being the comforter and the teacher and the counselor of the church is the same way in which uh, a wife, a woman is to be in her home. Mm. So if you really want to study, you know,
know what it is. Like even if you read the book of Proverbs, you will see that a lot of times when the um, the the mother is talking to the king, she she is literally using the voice of the Holy Spirit to imprint upon the heart of the king. Anytime mm. the Bible describing wisdom, it's mm. it's describing the spirit of wisdom, which is the spirit of the Lord, which is the Holy Spirit, mm. um, and it usually personifies her as uh, the Holy Spirit as a her. And Mm -hmm. so you can see your role as a wife in the role of the spirit of God, who Mm -hmm. is your comforter, who is your teacher, Mm -hmm. who is the one who you know, wakes you up in the morning with with the wind and his gentle breeze and his breath. Mm. And so for me personally, even as I'm already have been married, coming on seven years now, I still never have stopped learning about how my role in the home is like that of the Holy Spirit in my life and in the, the life of believers. Mm. So if you really want to study what it is to be a wife, look at what the Holy Spirit does and how he operates differently than the way Jesus did and differently than mm. that of the Father. It will really bless you. Oh, that's so deep. Oh, so good. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Rosa. Uh, before you, you know, wrap up. Oh, sorry. So I had, go ahead. Sorry, let me just throw this in there. <laughs> so a um, couple of, uh, I want to say a couple of days ago, I was asking the Holy Spirit about this passage that has always confused me. Um, when Paul talks about the woman's glory, right? Mm. and her hair and the angels. And I was asking the Holy Spirit. I read the passage again, and I'm like, I wonder what Paul meant when he said that um, she should have authority over her head because of the angels. So I was worried. I was curious about that. I'm like, God, what are you trying to say to me in this moment at that point? And this was after um, mom's um, woman in marriage class. Mm-hmm. And we had been talking about submission. Mm, and then the yes. Holy Spirit was like, submission is the key here. Mm. A woman can only have authority over her head when she is submitted. Mm. And he took me back and he said in that, in that passage, um, Paul goes on and he begins that paragraph or that sentence by saying that man was not made for the woman, but mm-hmm. woman, the woman for, man. for the man. Mm-hmm. Right? Which mm-hmm. initially the Holy Spirit was saying that you have to understand that your husband needs you. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily, women who are, that's why women who are called to be on their own, truly mm-hmm. called, are able mm-hmm. to stand mm-hmm. because they recognize that. I have my husband, my true husband is Jesus, and right. he is mm-hmm. everything to me. Mm-hmm. But a woman who is called to marry knows that it's because there is something within me that my husband needs. Mm-hmm. But I can only be glorified if I have authority over my head. Mm-hmm. And that head is my husband. But I also mm-hmm. need to remember that the head of my husband is the father. And so mm. if I am not submitted to my husband, this automatically means that I am not submitted to his head, which mm-hmm. means that I am standing in rebellion. Mm. The angels submit to the father. That's, That's right. why the woman is compared to the angels in that mm. passage. A mm. woman should have authority over her head because of the angels, because the angels are submitted. And when an mm. angel appears to you, it's with authority. Mm. That's why the angel, I, we believe it was Michael, could appear to Lucifer and say, the Lord rebuke you because mm. he was submitted enough to speak. Mm. A woman who is not submitted cannot 
have authority over her own head and her submission, mm-hmm. her, her, her authorities and her submission, which is in the way she serves her husband and mm-hmm. the way she serves at home. But you cannot serve if you are not serving. Even with the example that Rosa gave with Mary, which is a good example, even when the angel came to Mary. She was highly favored amongst all women because she had something within her that exceeded what every woman at that time on that mm. earth, on the earth had. Mm. And the main thing is being able to help, being mm-hmm. able to assist. I mm. believe that Mary had assisted and had helped so much so that God was like, if I don't need help from any man, but if I need to borrow a womb from anybody, it will be your womb because Mm. you understand. And I know that the virtue that is within you, Mm. I'm not going to go on. I'm not going to go. I am going to pull myself back. But if you go on, the girls gave a really good, they they gave really good direction, which is to go and study the Bible, study Mm. these women most of our women today, if God appears to us and tells us, you are going to carry the next Elijah, the next Moses, <laughs> it will be on CNN, BBC, <laughs> it will be trending on Instagram, <laughs> it will be TikTok. on our story trending. for an entire year. Mm-hmm. Every time we will mm-hmm. want to bring it up. Do you have mm-hmm. a prayer point? Yes, I have a prayer point. Please pray. <laughs> I received this word from God. God told me that I was going to carry the next Moses, <laughs> the next Elijah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I have the capacity. Can you pray? That's pride right there. Like, excuse you. But Mary didn't do that. She said, God has seen his lowly servant. Mm -hmm. Today, we won't speak like that. We won't. Because we don't understand what it means to serve. Anyway. Christ. What that mean? Dun, dun, dun. I'm, tr- I'm trying to suck it in. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> That's but one thing I love about you, Mishu. You are, mm. you are always serving. Whenever you yeah. can, you are always available to serve. That's right. Yep. And that's one thing I've also realized about you, also too. You are always serving. I mean, every time mm-hmm. I come to, every time I go to a sister's house and I see how she's with her husband, I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. Odin, we have work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the truth? Like, I, know okay, I, know wow. I, can, I know what I can practice when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe. Oh, we're gonna, I'm going to practice this. No. <laughs> it's, it's real. Look, it's real. It's real. Oh, yeah. Marriage oh. is a humbling process. So if, if we're not ready to serve, if you think you're going to enter marriage because it's going to be about you and your big day and your white dress, you are lost. Mistaken. Mm. Go and find your way because that is not what marriage is about. And your marriage will not last mm. if that is what you think it's about. But if you go into marriage with the ideology, the fact that God has called you to this man and Mm -hmm. that together you are going to fulfill the dream that God has for your relationship and you are going to be a helper to him in the way that the Holy Spirit is a helper to us, Mm. you will do very well. Right. I mean, that baffles me. When Christ, when that passage in John, when the Lord was talking to the disciples and he's like, this is how the Holy Spirit is going to operate. He won't speak on his own authority. That's right. He, this, this, speak. this Holy yeah. Spirit, oh, who is also God, mm-hmm. will only speak what speak. he hears from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he will tell to you. Mm-hmm. He, won't, he, won't, he won't speak on his own, on, what, on his own whims. He will hmm. only speak that which he has heard. That's in other right. words, the Holy Spirit's um, 
responsibility and purpose is to glorify the Jesus. And the purpose of Jesus is to glorify the Father. That's yeah. why, again, in that scripture in 1 Corinthians, I believe, the Bible says that your glory as a woman is Christ, is, is your husband. Hmm. And that your husband's glory is his God. And hmm. so if your husband is not being glorified, if he's not being honored, if you don't mm-hmm. steam him as honorable, then you have no glory. You mm. are not being glorified. You are mm. not being beautified. You don't mm. look good when you come out. When mm. you just speak to your husband anyhow and you pop mm. out together, you may be looking all cute with your hair all fleek, excuse you, yeah. but you don't look beautiful. <laughs> you don't look glorified. You look really ugly at that mm. moment because your husband's glory, you taint his glory. Guess what? You are also tainted. That's right. It's a humbling thing. Mm. And it's so true. Like Rosa told me that one day Mm. and it completely changed the way I viewed my role as a married woman. Mm. The Holy Spirit is my perfect example. Mm -hmm. If I wonder what I need to be like as a wife, I just Mm. need to look to him. And so if you Mm -hmm. wonder what you need to be like as a woman preparing to be married, Mm. look to him. How does Mm. he prepare you for Mm. your bridegroom? Mm. How is he Mm. going about that process? What are the things he constantly works on you and reminds you mm. of Mishu noted on some of them she said you need to work on yourself mm. you need to um, um, develop yourself you need to heal there mm. are things that you need to go through and if you are not going through them you are not ready not to ready. get married no because mm. what marriage does is that it uncovers the, the hidden layers. It uncovers mm-hmm. the things that are, that the sun has not touched on. Mm-hmm. Now, if the sun, which is our God, has not touched on your surface and you get mm-hmm. married, eh, bae, your home is going to be like World <laughs> War II. We'll be the king, king, fight. <laughs> no. Oh we don't God. want that. We Every do day, not king, want king. that. We do not want that. No. 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 Be joyful, like Rosa said. Joy is important. Cultivate it now. Cultivate mm-hmm. how do you how how do you switch from being completely angry to being completely at peace to mm-hmm. having joy? Mm-hmm. How do you go from this man? Mm-hmm. He's pissed me off, but I'll still mm-hmm. dish his plate yeah. for him, put him down, and mm-hmm. when he comes home, put my anger on the side and say, "Han, you're welcome. I've mm-hmm. missed you." Mm-hmm. And actually mean it too. We are mm-hmm. not acting here. It's not acting yes. class. This is no, not a Nigerian no, no, movie. No. <laughs> anyway, it's for real, for real. Too hot right Listen, now. we 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 could talk about marriage forever and ever. We could because we've learned so much in the short time we've been married. Uh, the Lord has been so gracious and patient with us in this process. Mm. <laughs> oh, you guys, thank you so much for sharing. I mean. In the future episodes, we're going to be talking about marriage. We have a series on marriages coming up soon. So I can't. And by the wait. way, Rodalyn is fanning herself. I'm <laughs> just, let me just throw that in. That's what marriage does to her. We need to bring Jerome in right now. This is what you do to your wife. You're making her fan herself. Oh my goodness. Guys, before we wrap up, do you have any resources that you recommend? Read your Bible. If you want to grow, period. Yeah. I sound like my Bible. mom. She's always like, everybody's answer to every problem in life is to pray. True. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah, read your Bible, pray. Resources. Um mm-hmm. also this book that really helped me when I was getting ready to get married. 
by T.D. Jakes changed my life. Mm. It's called Before You Do, making great, de- uh, making, making great decisions you won't regret by T.D. Jakes. Before You Do, making great decisions you won't regret. And this book by John Aldberg, Everybody's Normal Till You Get to Know Them. That's right. Very that important. one's a good one. Everybody's it's Normal really Until You Get to Know Them. It's really good. That's good. Um, right, five right. Love Languages. Yes. yes. Like, go and yes. read that. He's got a bunch. There's a book oh. that he wrote. Huh. The Family You've Always Wanted yes. is a good mm-hmm. one. Um, I've been reading that. Yeah, I've been reading that and it's been changing my life and the way that I've been dealing with my spouse and my children. Um, there's another book that he wrote on on Mar- anyway listen go and look at all gary chapman's books and yeah, just, just buy them all him. Them <laughs> because they're very self-enlightening mm. and i think to be um to be very effective in marriage you need to know yourself well and how you mm. work so go 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 get his books yeah uh rosa there's another book i haven't i haven't read it yet but you did recommend it to me love and respect <gasps> oh my yes. goodness yes Go and read Love and Respect. Listen, especially mm. for women, because we don't, I think for us, like, okay, so that book talks about how women and men need different things in order to thrive in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It talks about how women, we need love. We need to be poured and showered with love and affection. And that mm. women are kind of like flowers. If you just leave it out in the sun, it will wilt and die without water or anything, right? And then the, what it talks about, on the other hand, is that men, the same way that women need love, men need respect, is so good because I didn't know this. This is something that's not taught in Western society. Mm-hmm. So we don't understand how important respect is in a love relationship. Mm. But once you learn that, trust me, your marriage just cruises. It goes on cruise control. So if, yeah, love and respect. I don't remember who it's by, Mishu. I don't remember either. Um, but yeah. yeah, just look it up. The cover yeah. is white and, and red. red. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we're wrapping up because we could be here until tomorrow. Sorry, and we don't want to keep you guys. I think we even went over time, but it's all good. It's all it's good. All it's all good. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Please, you guys can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at um, at Godly Perspective dot Ministry, Facebook Godly Perspective, and our podcast can be found on uh, Spotify. Uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Anywhere, right? yeah, anywhere you get your podcast. So please listen, subscribe, leave us a review, email us if you want to send us any questions, anything yes, you want us to cover. Uh, you can DM us on Instagram or you can send us an email on askus.gp at gmail.com. Right, all right, all right. We're out. Thank, Thank you guys you. for joining us. It's the godly perspective. We're out. Uh, <laughs> do, 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 do. It's a godly perspective. <laughs>